0: Alvin Kamara possible six-game suspension. Deshaun Watson look also looking at a suspension. How does that affect Nick Chubb and the Browns' offense? There's so many question marks heading into draft season. We're going to answer all that in our, our our running back rankings, our tiered running back rankings. We're going to answer all that and more right now. Lock it in. welcome back in appreciate everybody checking out like i said not just are we giving you rankings we're also giving you our tiered rankings we thought we'd add a little bit more to this um so let's just get right into it shall we waste no more time and here are our rb1 rankings right now for mine in tier one i have jonathan taylor christian mccaffrey joe mixon austin eckler deandre swift but in tier two, I have Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Leonard Fournette. In tier three, Saquon, Javante Williams, and Aaron Jones. Robbie, in your tier one, you have Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Derrick Henry. So that's where we're different there. Tier two, you have DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Cook, Harris, Fournette, and Barkley. And then in tier three, starting with Aaron Jones and Zeke Lellick going off into your RB2. So. Let's just get right into it, shall we? We don't really have a whole lot different. We have a little bit different. IMI Tier 1 is a little bit different for me, at least for my Tier 1. Those, are, These are the kind of guys that I feel like have the most upside in terms of just being able to reach that RB1 trickle down from there. But for you... You have somebody you want to talk about today, Najee Harris, which I feel like his range of outcomes is all over the place, right? They add a new quarterback. Does that help? Does that hurt the offense? You know, they add George Pickens through the draft. Offensive lines saw some upgrades as well there in Pittsburgh. But what are your thoughts on Najee Harris? Man, you hit on
1: some of them right there. I've been told that the the workhorse running back is dead, and, and we didn't see that last year, right? Najee Harris got 381 touches, and that's kind of what we want in our running back. So, He's a guy that you should want to have but we didn't see that efficiency hit right where we wanted it to be and now we've also heard some rumblings of from Najee himself how he's going to be taken off the field a little bit more here in 2022 than he was in 2021 so you know i can't really decide like you're saying is that a good thing is that a bad thing i feel like it could be a little bit of both we love seeing him have that volume but the lack of efficiency kind of holds him back from being that tier one player for me, where I'm just like you where tier one means you have running back one, the running back one upside. And I just don't quite see that for him. We talk about the efficiency or lack thereof his true yards per carry. He ranked 53rd at the running back position yards per touch. He was 41st at the position. What we do know is his, uh, his targets are probably going to go down, right? We saw a ton of dump-offs from Bren Roethlisberger. The Steelers threw it 39 times a game, which was good for fourth most in the NFL. Like that, That is just a, a ton of offense that's being produced to the short and intermediate routes. We knew that with Deontay Johnson, Juju, Najee, right? Probably going to dial that back just a little bit, if not a lot. Uh, and then we're probably going to dial back those carries. We talked about him coming off the field a little bit more. If we dial back those carries a little bit, sure, the efficiency can go up but I don't think it's going to go up to the point where he's going to be a top five guy. So that's where I've got him slotted in here as a tier two guy, uh, running back eight for me. You can kind of, if you told me, Hey, I want him to be running back seven above this guy or, or running back nine below that guy. I'm probably going to be with you. That's why we do these tiers because you can kind of mix and match who you like and, and prefer. But I want to make sure that I'm noting that he is not uh, in this upper echelon of players, but he is a locked in running back one for me. Let's see how they do with either rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett, or Mitchell Trubisky coming in for 2022.
0: Anyways, let's keep it moving here, and I'm going to talk about my guy, and that is surprise, surprise, Derrick Henry. Um, I am, once again, uh, apparently the Derrick Henry hater uh, among uh, TFA, and I will continue to go down with this ship. Yes, he was he was very good in eight games last year, but that was largely due to volume. We, we heard a lot last year about the, like, especially, like, even after – once we got like uh, weeks 11, 12, 13, people are like, oh, he's still leading the league in rushing and all this stuff. But people will talk about that. But then don't factor in that he had 220 carries in eight games. Like there was a reason why he had so many rushing yards. Like it wasn't like it was off efficiency or something like that, right? When you get that kind of workload, averaging almost 30 carries a game is almost unheard of. Shocker that he got hurt. You know, and, and ended his season, right? Or at least ended his regular season. And so people people talk about like there was some huge feat that he had, but he still finished last year. I think uh, top ten in carries, even though he only played in eight games. Like a lot of that should be factored in when we talk about it. But when we talk about him, the concerns I have for him this year, another year older coming off an actual injury, especially for a running back, a foot injury for a running back, as big as he is, there's some concern there, possible re-injury and everything else with that. But again, a guy that's almost 29 years old and really, truly trusting your first round pick with a guy like this is truly something that I just don't want to do. Yes. It's possible that he continues this year and he gets another 25 to 28 touches a game. I think it would be suicide for him to do so with his age, where he's at in his career, and also, I just think their defense is going to be trash in Tennessee. And so if this defense, and they're playing from behind, and they don't have those good game scripts for him, it's going to be a problem because he is not somebody who catches passes. And uh, a lot of my argument for him last year, against him last year, is this is kind of the same this year. Though while he did put up fantasy points, don't get me wrong, I mean, he was averaging 24 fantasy points per game, which is tremendous last year uh, in those eight games. He was terribly inefficient as a runner. Like he was forty third in true yards per carry, and actually, I mean the running backs that that played um, after he went out averaged more yards per carry than he did than he did. Right, uh, we saw that with Deonta Foreman last year, uh, who who came in and played well in his absence. Thirty first in yards created per touch, so he just wasn't an efficient running back last year. Only thing you can bank on is h- him getting 25 to 30 touches again a game uh, or carries because he's not going to be involved as a passer. Um, yes, he he averaged two and a half targets per game last year. And, you know, that's nothing to be excited about for, for a running back. So there's just so many red flags with him. Like there's a lot of running backs in the first round with red flags, but he carries a ton. And I see a lot of people perfectly comfortable drafting him at like RB1 or RB2 this year. And I think that's ludicrous. Like no thanks on that. I, there are so many other options that you can go with. I have no chance in hell am I going to take Derrick Henry, 29-year-old Derrick Henry, coming off a foot injury, uh, and so many question marks around this offense, and just truly how remarkably bad this offense could be, and trusting him, can't do it.
1: Yeah, I think for me, the the foot injury is why I don't have him up there as kind of that running back one, two, or three, right? Like, that is something I think that we should have concern with. Now, we did see him come back. Uh, I think just like Akers, he wasn't himself when he came back, did not look – uh fantastic there but with an entire offseason, i do think we can see him return to most of what he was uh before the injury and, and i guess my my counter argument to that is just where where does the volume go if it's not going to him right like i i don't see there be any reason why he wouldn't get most of that volume Uh, he doesn't have to be efficient right we we, you just showed us exactly why he can be the running back one and not be efficient right so um, I absolutely uh, understand the worries with the injury absolutely I'm not worried about the efficiency just because that volume is so strong and they haven't done anything to show you that that volume won't be there still here in 2022. Hey speaking of running backs who do not catch the football let's transition to to some of these running back twos because I got a guy I want to touch on here as we go through these next tiers
0: Sounds good. So let's jump over to the RB, uh, to to our RB two rankings or our continuation of tier three. And For me, it's Nick Chubb, James Conner, Brees Hall, who I have much higher here. Uh, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Travis Etienne, and then in my tier four, I have J.K. Dobbins, Zeke, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Clyde edwards Lair, and Alvin Kamara, who of course we got the news of the suspension. And then Robbie, you have Javante in tier three. Uh, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, and James Conner wrap up your Tier 3. And then your Tier 4 is Antonio Gibson, Dobbins, ETN, Jacobs, Brees Hall, Elijah Mitchell, and CEH.
1: So, take the floor. Yeah, man. We were talking about running backs that don't catch catch passes. Well, about one that doesn't catch passes? But at least he's efficient, right? Like, that's the one thing that we have going for us with Nick Chubb. And I, I truly kind of struggled when i was like where do i rank him this is a guy that has not finished lower than running back 10 in points per game the last three seasons he's scored at least eight touchdowns every single season including his his rookie season um he hasn't you know he hasn't been a bad running back right he's sixth in true yards per carry fourth in yards per touch sixth in breakaway run rate third in evaded tackles like this is just Going back to what you were saying with Derek Henry, this is the exact opposite, right? This is a guy that just runs the full. He's one of the, probably the one of the best pure runners in the NFL right now. So why do I have him down here at 14 in tier three? You know, outside my running back ones or my first, you know, my first two tiers there. And I think the the question mark that you kind of hit at at the start of this video is what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And I think there's two scenarios, right? One, we get some form of a suspension, but it's not the entire season, and we have Deshaun Watson. Where they're going to be a little bit more pass heavy uh, for the games that he plays. You've said it yourself. I think you were kind of the one of the first ones to bring this up. What happens to some of those goal line touches? What happens to some of those red zone touches? Are they going to go uh, Watson's way a little bit more than Nick Chubb? I think there is a cap there on that upside. Uh, but then if it's not, then if it's uh, Jacoby Brissett for the entire year, we know that that's a downgrade in terms of an overall offensive uh, quarterback, right? So I think the efficiency there uh, that keeps Nick Chubb pegged so high is going to take a hit. So we know that he's not catching passes. So that's going to keep him outside of a top six running back for me. Um, he's not getting 350 carries like Derrick Henry. So that's not going to let him, you know, uh, fast pass his way up there. We know Kareem Hunt is keeping that rushing upside capped. Uh, Hunt missed half the season. So we, we are expecting him to come back, you know, and play most of the season here in 2022. So I just think we have to look at either for him to, to be healthy because he has his own injury risk, right? Chubb, like I just said, hasn't played. Uh, You know, a full 16, 17 game season. One, we haven't banged up uh, year to year, but two, we have this quarterback issue that I think is going to be a problem for keeping him at that running back 10, uh, running back 8, 9 level that he's been at in years past. So he's going to be in this large tier three running backs for me. I know he's going to be a lock, kind of at that that turn, either a, a running high end running back two, maybe slips in as a low end running back one, but that's as high as I can get him in my rankings.
0: Which is such a shame because I absolutely love Nick Chubb. I mean, the, the, the player absolutely love him. He's a tremendous running back. He is one of the best pure runners in the in the in the NFL, no doubt about it. But with so much uncertainty with Sean Watson, what's going to happen there? And I actually, like I've said, I think that could actually hurt him uh, more than anything. But that also, like, but I will say, I don't think Jacoby Brissett because he's going to be the starter uh, in. Deshaun Watson's absence I don't think it's really that big of a downgrade to what Baker Mayfield is you know like like I don't think that really affects him uh, all that much but he is limited with a low he's not somebody who's going to get a lot of pass catching work Kareem Hunt once once he comes back which is possible still I mean who knows what they do maybe maybe they trade Kareem Hunt uh, you know once we get into training camp and stuff like that or preseason I mean it's possible I mean I think it's his last year of his deal anyway so um I don't know but like as things currently stand there and they also like Dearness Johnson so does he take a hit in terms of touches and if he does I mean that. That Makes it really tough. I'm gonna to keep it moving. I'm gonna talk about um, one of my guys, and that's David Montgomery. I've kind of hit on him before. He is s- still undervalued right now. His underdog ADP is 51.7 overall. That's just not. That's not. That's not good. That's not. Listen, I, I guess I you know I said it on other shows. I apparently I am the bear stand here, but because uh, I just like the entire offense. But I think it's a lot of it because they're all undervalued right now. And maybe for for a reason uh, good, or maybe it's not. But David Montgomery is is somebody who is going to get a lot of touches. And he's not just somebody who's going to get a lot of carries, who averaged almost 18 carries per game. That's Joe Mixon-level type of carries. Um, An 80% opportunity share, which was fourth among all running backs last year. You are not going to find that in running backs, the range that he is going. I mean, most traps, he is going right now in mocks like RB18, RB19 off the board. I mean, that is a tremendous value for a running back right now and somebody who had 51 targets almost four ta- four targets per game last year he averaged almost you know over 20 touches per game last year whenever he was healthy yes he only played in 12 games but and no he is not a terribly efficient runner actually he was actually a better pass catcher in terms of efficiency than he was a runner because last year he ranked 42nd in, uh, yards created per touch but he was 21st in yards per route run last year but you know somebody that that is going to get this kind of volume that can give you 15 16 17 fantasy points per game I think it's something we should like, and yes, Justin Fields is going to be there. Justin Fields is going to take some of that upside away because Justin Fields can run, and Justin Fields was worked in and out of the lineup last year for David Montgomery. I still think the value is there, the upside is there. Khalil Herbert, yes, I, I, I love him as a as a as a handcuff, but um, overall, like this is likely going to be David Montgomery's backfield. So um, just going way too late, completely undervalued right now. Yeah, I almost
1: look at Justin Fields being a a help for for Dave Montgomery right because we have this this stigma way running quarterbacks come in and we just talked about with Deshaun Watson so I don't want to talk out of two sides of my mouth but uh Nick Chubb's efficiency is already there right like it's not like he's going to get even more he's not going to be running for six and a half yards uh per carry right but with Dave Montgomery you just hit on it right he is having to do everything he can just to get yards before he gets contact but with Justin Fields as a potential threat out of the backfield I think that helps his yards before contact because if you look at his yards after contact David Montgomery is one of the better runners in the NFL especially with his uh, break tackle rate so if you can help him out at least before he gets hit with a different threat uh, I think that that's just going to help out his efficiency just that much more so I'm going to talk about another guy that I'm excited about really similar in a lot of ways to Dave Montgomery uh, another Iowa State guy here Brees Hall a guy that can catch passes a guy that, that does it all as a runner and probably a better uh, athlete coming out of college than David Montgomery was. And I feel like this is right kind of where consensus is on Brees Hall. It looks like you're a little bit higher, but how I see this playing out is that we've we've seen it before right with these rookies that maybe at the beginning of the season, Maybe the first four to six weeks it's it's not this this fantastic love fest where you are you're glad you drafted breeze he's in your lineup every week no you're, you're maybe questioning okay is this a match if i can play him uh he burned me week one or week two right there's they're using michael carter a little bit more than i thought they were going to i feel like that's going to be this type of, of start for breeze hall but then we get into week seven eight nine they have the bye i think like week 11 and then I think he takes off, just like we saw with Acres, just like we saw with JT, Miles Sanders back in 2019, if you remember that second half of the year. I feel like Brees Hall is going to be that league winner at some point in the season, and that makes him worth the draft pick here at running back two, kind of in this tier range that I have him in, um, because I, I do think that he's going to pay off dividends later in your Uh, fantasy season and especially in the fantasy playoffs and that's gonna be worth something so if you take him maybe you pair him with a running back that it's a little bit lower that you know you can get a couple starts out of there through the first four five six weeks Um, and i think that's that's how you play it but we got to know that the jets are uh, a team that maybe won't be the most prolific offense We know that zach wilson doesn't throw to his running backs a ton right they were bottom eighth in the nfl in running back targets and that was with mike white remember his four starts he threw it to michael carter 31 times in just those four games so if we take out some of those games zach wilson's probably one of the the quarterbacks that passes the least to running backs and so that's where i want to make sure that i'm not getting too high on this prospect while i do think he's going to pay off dividends later in the year i do think there's probably a cap through most of the season so that's why i have him down here as a lower end running back too
0: the only thing that i will say is i don't think you're going to be able to get the opportunity to draft him at 22. i think once we get into like training camp august uh preseason there's going to be nothing but positivity coming out there. We're already kind of starting to see it trickle out a little bit from minicamp stuff about Brees Hall. And I think that he is going to be a guy that probably couldn't – I don't think he'll get first round, like go in the actual – like the the first round just because of it's the Jets. And I think people aren't going to move him up that high. But I think he's going to be a guy that probably starts going late second or early third, I think, uh, by the time we get to like September timeframe, I think is where he ends up going. Not to mention, we've we've had a rookie running back nine of the last 10 years finishes an RB1. So last but not least, let's talk about Alvin Kamara. This some news that just came out recently that he is uh, looking and staring down the barrel of a six-game suspension. And this kind of changes everything for him. His ADP is going to absolutely plummet. I think there's two scenarios here with him. One, I think there is the... How far does his ADP fall until you're comfortable with taking him, right? Because we know when he's healthy... The guy's an absolute monster. Last year, he was fourth in fantasy points per game. Last year, for a running back on a very, very dreadful offense of what, you know, Jameis went down. I mean, just, it was just a terrible, terrible offense last year. No weapons. And he still was uh, fourth in fantasy points per game last year. Still a a great uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Fifth in yards per out run last year. The six game suspension obviously hurts. Now, here is the argument I would have if let's say he falls cuz i think it's he's going to fall probably to the 5th or 6th round if his 6 game suspension comes i would i would feel comfortable taking him as early as like the 4th round taking him ahead of adp and here's why when he gets back that is such a big time because like really what we, we don't really care. I mean, I really don't care about the first six weeks as much as I care about the last six weeks. Right. I mean, he's a guy that if you can get in the fourth or fifth round, even if it's the sixth round, if that's where he's going, if you want, if you feel more comfortable taking him there, it's such a game changer. Once he comes back, right? Like he's going to be fully healthy. You're going to get a guy that can give you 18 to 20 fantasy points per game in the season. And he's going to be completely healthy. And, and so like, while, yes, I'm not taking him in the first or the second or anything like that. There's too, there's way there's way too much risk there. I, I get the argument that yeah, you still need to win for the first six weeks to make the playoffs before it to count. But if that if that risk is taken out of it and you can get him later in a draft, like. He's a slam dunk, and I would take him a little bit ahead of ADP wherever that falls, whatever this is pitching comes, because of that massive upside he's going to bring once he comes back to this field. So, um Alva Cabrera, yes, is going to fall. Certainly not a first round pick anymore, but I still have him at twenty four, and I would be a little bit, I, w- I would be comfortable taking him around that spot.
1: Yeah, I think you said round four. I think that's going to be a little bit too early. Just kind of looking at some of these names. Um, I think you're going to be looking at him round five, maybe the end of round five, because I'm still seeing guys. Brandon Cooks is a guy that I'm going to take above him. Marquise Brown is a guy I'm going to take above him. Godwin's there. You can have that conversation because he might miss his own six weeks, right? But when you get to the the turn for five into six, you have Michael Thomas, TJ Hawkinson, A.J. Dillon, Amon Ross St. Brown, your guy Darnell Mooney, Damian Harris. That's the range, I think, right? Like Right at that five, six turn where I'm absolutely comfortable taking him. So like you're saying, you're probably going to have to jump up a little bit to take him maybe early in, in the fifth, and that's probably where you'll need to go to get him. Let us know
0: in the comments section below what you thought about our, our, our rankings. You know, wh- Where did we get right? What we get wrong? Uh, who are we too high on? Who are we too low on? Uh, let us know in the comment section below. we got a lot of content coming. Uh, we're going to have a lot of debates because uh, we definitely could have had some debates here with some of our rankings here. There were some guys that he had that I'm like, okay we got to talk about it, and we will talk about it. But anyways, we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.